Sure. Uh, my name is Adria Folkt. I am the president and CEO of the Charlotte Museum of History, and I am pleased to be here as the steward of um, Charlotte Mecklenburg's material culture, our built environments, um, our people, our places, our stories um, to preserve for future and present generations. So, so Queen Sophia Charlotte, she was Queen of Britain and England um, for some 50, 54 years, I believe. Um, she was King George III's wife, and so um, they were the monarchs that reigned uh, during the American Revolution. Um, and and obviously no longer after the American Revolution. Um, so they were, uh, Queen Charlotte was our queen during the American Revolution, and then um, obviously we, we achieved independence um, following the American Revolution. Um, but Queen Charlotte was um, truly a, a dynamic individual, and that was uh, one of the reasons why we wanted to um, celebrate her as our city's namesake. The city of Charlotte um, turns 250 this year, so we're commemorating our 250th anniversary of this the founding of the city, and uh, we wanted to know more about who Queen Charlotte was as an individual, um, and we were fortunate to um, reach out to Dr. Stephanie Myers, who uh, recently wrote the book Invisible Queen, Mixed Ancestry Revealed about Queen Sophia Charlotte, and um, it explores her uh, mixed ancestry, and it also explores who she was as a person, um, as an activist, as a mother, as a, the wife of the king, um, really a, a dynamic um, well-educated, uh, inspirational person, and a great symbol for our city. And so we were so pleased to be able to do that program here at the Charlotte Museum of History um, to commemorate our 250th anniversary. So North Carolina, um, you know, North Carolina really became a turning point. Um, you know, the, the place where the where the war really shifted happened in North Carolina. Um, in May of 1780, um, we were, you know, uh, almost five years into or five years into the American Revolution, George Washington was not the beloved uh, president he is today. He was the commander who was losing the war. Um, the first settlers in this region, um, now now it's fair to, to back that history up a bit. Um, we like to talk about history in Charlotte as if it began 250 years ago. Um, the city was founded then, but it's, it's fair to point out that Native Americans lived in this region for some 10,000 years prior to, uh, prior to the colonial period and prior to um, European contact. So, um, you know, this was not a, an uninhabited land um, that, that um, colonialists first encountered. Um, but around that time period, 250 years ago, we had a, a big influx of settlers coming from Pennsylvania and Maryland, um, coming from that area, um, mostly mostly for uh, religious freedom is what they were seeking. Um, and they were Scots-Irish and uh, Germans um, predominantly, and um, they were coming down the Great Wagon Road, again, um, for the same reason that they had um, left their countries in Europe. They were seeking religious freedom. Um, and as they were pushed out of their nations there. Um, they were, um, you know, also seeking a new, a new future here in the Carolina backcountry. So mostly um, driven by the desire for religious freedom. Um, we also had a big. Um, Moravian population in North Carolina. Now, that, that does not really apply here in Charlotte, but it's certainly in other parts of North Carolina. And the Moravians um, were uh, very much of that um, mindset of, um, you know, supporting um, the abolitionist movement. This was really sort of a piece that I thought was so revealing um, and so, you know, inspirational about Queen Charlotte. Um, in, in the book, um, Dr. Myers has a transcription of a letter that Queen Charlotte wrote 
to Frederick the Great um, at, when she was just 14 years old. Um, so she's she's really not in a position um, as sort of a princess of Mecklenburg of Germany um, to write this letter, and she knows that. Um, but she says in it, uh, basically along the lines of, I know this may be um, you know unseemly for for a young woman, but I have to say what's on my mind. Um, you know, the Seven Years' War is affecting my people, and and I can't stand for it anymore. And it, it was the opinion of the author um, and several several other scholars that this is what set Queen Charlotte apart, um, what made her stand out as a potential mate, a prospective uh, queen for King George III, that at a young age she was so willing to be an activist and to stand up for what she believed in. Um, so that was something that I think a lot of people, including myself, um, did not know about her. And then later on in life um, – she was a, a you know big part of the abolitionist um you know movement she um she was um at part of the anti-saccharine campaign and so a lot of people don't don't think about that affiliation but but um you know when you think of the british um tea you know tea being so integral to um, british society um the sugar that went into tea um, was coming from sugar plantations, at which was supported through slavery. And so um, by saying, by, by being part of this anti-saccharine movement, what they were saying is we don't need sugar in our tea. We don't need it because we don't want to support the slave trade. And so um, what I think is also really fascinating, there's an illustration in Dr. Meyer's book um, of Queen Charlotte, and it really does portray her um, with very African features. Um, and what our understanding of that illustration is that that particular illustration was meant to be shown um, to enslaved peoples and to show them, look, this, is, this queen um, supports you and, and, and really wants to end slavery. Shouldn't you support the crown? Um, so they were looking to engender support um, by emphasizing um, her mixed ancestry and by emphasizing her support um, for the end of the slave trade. Wow, that is a lot. Um, was um, so she was tutored in German, French, and Italian. I think she um, she was fluent in in something like um, three or three to five languages, something like that. Um, she was very skilled in needlework, which was um, which was a skill that women would have um, needed to to know at, at that time. She was also a gifted musician, um, so she played the harpsichord um, and one other instrument. Um, and was known to um on that long journey from from Germany to England um for for her marriage for her coronation um she during uh, violent seas was said to have played music and sang for the sailors on the ship um so it was this this sort of enchanting um quality about her that came from her education um that that helped her stand out and probably helped her become the queen of England and Scotland to point out too that um, the, the princes Harry, um, Prince Harry is in fact a descendant of Queen Charlotte. Um, so that mixed ancestry he shares. Um, so, so it's not that that um, Meghan Markle will be the first, um, but I think that she is um, sort of a great symbol for people to rally around to say, um, this is a new era. And I think it's telling that they chose Queen Charlotte's birthday as their wedding date. I don't think that was a coincidence. Yeah, um, I think the fact that she was an American, um, you know, meant meant a lot to Americans as well. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that was a point that wasn't lost on a lot of people that, um, you know, that it's sort of that connection. And I think so many people are so burnt out on um, all the all of the horrible things that are going on in the news um, right. that people were really so behind celebrating um, this young couple moving forward um, into a new era. Um, we have two different bronze statues um, that are here in Charlotte that are dedicated to Queen Charlotte. There's one that is at our airport, which is rather controversial um, because of the aesthetic of it. <laughs> so okay. if you ever get a, a photo of that of that statue. Um, but there's um, the one that's at the airport. We also have one that's uptown, and that one represents her with her two dogs. Um, she was known to have two very faithful dogs that attended her often, um, and she's represented uptown um, with those monuments. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many children did she have? Fifteen. Um, oh. So she had fifteen children. Thirteen of them survived to adulthood, um, and that is truly a testament, again, to what a woman she was. I mean, fifteen children in any era is an accomplishment. Um, fifteen children in an era before antibiotics. Um, really, really pretty profound. Um, and, and you have to keep in mind that this was part of her duty as queen, um, as the wife of, of the king. Um, she really was um, intended to produce heirs, um, and so she did. Um, so 15 children, 13 of them survived to adulthood. She's noted for, and this goes back to her education, um, she was a believer in science. And so when the um, smallpox vaccine became available, she inoculated her children, um, and many of them survived um, because of those inoculations. So she, um, she really, uh, you know, it was an accomplishment. Thirteen children surviving to adulthood is, is really, um, you know, I, I can't imagine it myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, amazing. Um, you don't hear too many people having given birth to 15 children today. Uh, what do we know about her? any of her children? Uh, that might be a good question for Dr. Myers. I don't know that I can speak to okay. to that. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So I think we can wrap up this interview unless there's anything else that you want to share as far as Queen Charlotte, the wedding, um, any other fascinating uh, hidden stories that you can share with us, that would be great. Um, I just, I think that the piece that excited me about this um, was exploring a woman who um, has just become a name to us. I think it's so easy to say, oh, yeah, Queen Charlotte, right? Um, but mm-hmm. what did we really know about her? And I think women in particular – um, in history are, you know, so subjugated um, in terms of what we really know about them. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're minimized compared to their male counterparts. Um, and so I think that was part of what I found so exciting about learning more about Queen Charlotte is learning about who she was as a person. Um, she was a real person and um, she was a dynamic person and there was so much to her um, beyond the name. And uh, that's what I found most intriguing about reading this book and and, um, uh, hosting this program with Dr. Myers. Okay. Uh, And will she be back? Will she be returning, Dr. Myers, to talk about her book? Will there be a book signing? 
throughout your celebration? Um, that was a one-time event for um, for this year. We may do that again another time. Um, but we are heavily promoting this subject throughout um, throughout the year. I think um, Charlotteans tend to think that um, lots of people know about Queen Charlotte and specifically about her mixed ancestry. Um, and what we've come to find out is that, no, not a lot of people don't know that history. Um, and a lot of people don't know much about Queen Charlotte at all. Um, so that's really what we're hoping to do is to continue to promote um, who she was. Okay. All right. Um, oh, one more question. The museum. Mm-hmm. Give us a, an idea. Uh, will we walk in? What will we see? Uh, you know, promote your museum. Sure. Um, so the Charlotte Museum of History, uh, we have a large building here in East Charlotte, um, which has parking, which is a great benefit for um, for any city. Um, the museum itself, it has several dedicated exhibit spaces that tell the history of Charlotte um, from the Revolutionary period to today. We focus on the history of a lot of our neighborhoods and the history of the Hezekiah Alexander home site, which again is the oldest home in our county, built 1774. Um, that is the home of of the Patriot Hezekiah Alexander, who was a big part of um, founding our state government. Um, he was a signer of the um, of the legendary Mech Deck, which um, which was uh, our our local document that um, uh, separated us from England before the Declaration of Independence, according to our local history. And um, that home site, we do daily tours that is um, furnished to the period with um, with some of the artifacts that actually were in the home as part of the Alexander family's collection, as well as um, an extensive collection of period antiques from Mecklenburg County from that period. Um, so you really get to step back in time uh, when you do those home tours. Um, and that's all part of the experience here at the Charlotte Museum of History. This museum currently does not exhibit anything related to the Underground Railroad, but we would be wide open to that if you have anything to um, to share with us or any partners to, to lead us to. Oh, okay. um, I know that there is a group um, dedicated to African American history in Charlotte, and that is the, um, they're called the Charlotte Mecklenburg um, Black Heritage Commission. And um, as far as I know, they don't promote anything that relates to Underground Railroad. Um, but again, I think we, we're, we're all, you know, intrigued by that history and um, would love to explore it if it exists here. Okay. And then on that note, uh, can you give us your contact information, the museum's um, information as well? Sure. Um, so our phone number here at the museum is 704 568 1774 and you can email us at info at charlottemuseum.org all right well thank you so much i really appreciate you coming on at the very last minute this call was a cold call just to learn some information and you were willing to come on um on on just to freedom you can um always count on us to give you a call when we're in the area so thank you again thank you my pleasure Alrighty, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.